Thank you, Breadcom QC Music Team. Would you join me in appreciating uh, them for leading us in, uh, in this time of praise and worship? Also, um, we'd like to appreciate those who have been part of um, making preparations for this uh, anniversary uh, celebration. You know, uh, some people have been here since last night. So, could you raise your hand if you stayed the night? Yung, if you, you were here last night making preparations, would you raise your hand? Uh, we'd like to... Uh, <laughs> so, dito po sila natulog. So, thank you so much uh, for making this happen. And uh, let me also, you know, to be, uh, before we begin, let me just recognize uh, Breadcom Northeast for joining us this worship service. Would you uh, just quickly stand up so we can uh, recognize you? Um, this is Breadcom uh, Northeast. All right. So their worship service also happens uh, the same time as we are doing our worship service. So uh, they didn't, uh, intentionally, they didn't have a worship service in Montalban to join us in this uh, worship service celebration. So. Thank you once again, Pastor Aries and, and, uh, and Breadcom Northeast. Uh, so if you could open your Bibles, if you have Bibles with you, please turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. So this is going to be a long passage. And uh, we will try our best uh, to, to cover all of them. Uh, but let me read just the... The last a third of the, the passage, verses 26, starting verses 26 to verses 40. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading Acts chapter 8, uh, verses 26 to 40, but we will go through uh, the whole chapter. Uh, you just be glued, just stick with the, the, the passage, the, the whole chapter. We'll go through that later on, but let me just read uh, Acts 8 26. I'm reading from uh, the uh, ESV. <clears throat> now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. The spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and la like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself? Or about someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him, saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Uh, when I was in high school, I, I have this math teacher. How many of you remember still the name of your math teacher in high school? Wow. 
you know, we all, we all remember our math teacher, right? So I remember this math teacher, Mrs. Ramos. I remember her because I really, I'm really bad at math. I'm really bad at math. Uh, so it's a, uh, during high school, I really failed math because it's a combination of I really didn't understand math and I was always late or absent. So I had this awkward experience. So I was absent the day before our class uh, because I was late. I was traveling from Cavite to uh, Philippine Christian University at that time. So I'm always late. Uh, so we didn't have class the following day. It's a different uh, set of subjects. Nakasabay ko siya sa FX. Nakasabay ko yung teacher ko sa FX na hindi ko pinasukan the day before. So it was an awkward uh, travel uh, walking. So nakita ko na lang siya pababa na nung FX. Papasok na kami nung, um, nung, uh, nung school. And uh, this math teacher, I love her. She, she taught me. She was very patient with me. Mrs. Ramos, if you're listening to this recording, <laughs> thank you <laughs> for being patient. Uh, she gave me a backhanded uh, compliment. Do you know what a backhanded compliment is? A backhanded compliment is you think you're being given a compliment, but you're actually being insulted. And example, example, ganito. Ang uh, hira, baka may ma-offend ako. <laughs> Uy, ang ganda naman ng, uh, ang ganda naman ng suot mo. Bagay sa'yo yung mas malaking size. Pansin nyo, ano yung, yung backhanded compliment doon? So, ito yung sin- ayaw ka na magbigay ng example, baka may ma-offend na talaga eh. Ito yung sinabi niya sa akin, alam mo, Mr. Almanza, you know Mr. Almanza, you have great potential. You have great potential. So, I said, wow naman! Teacher ko from high school, math teachers is saying I have great potential. But I fear that potential is wasted on you. And since then, I was afraid at math. <laughs> you know, I look at Breadcom Northeast, I look at Campus Outreach, I look at Breadcom Quezon City, and I see great potential. And thankfully, this potential will not be wasted on us because we have the scripture to show us how can we maximize, you know, how can we use this great potential. Let me just uh, introduce to you two concepts. Allow me to nerd out a little bit, uh, talk up, talking about physics and everything and business. Uh, two concepts about momentum and the flywheel effect. So people who are into physics and business, you know all these things. So uh, a momentum, let me just define a quality of motion of a moving thing or a moving body measured as a product of its mass and velocity. So for some people who understand the formula here, what's P equals M and V? See, engineer, yeah. Engineer Aeson. Yeah, so yung, yung momentum is equals the, the mass and velocity. So the greater the mass, the greater the velocity, the greater the momentum. So if you have a bike and a truck going towards you, and if you can stop only one, what can you stop? If they're both running downhill, sino yung kaya mong tigilan? Yung bike because it has less mass. Yan, okay. So, matutuwa yung physics teacher ko dahil uh, I, I'm doing this. So, so it, it's a... You know, the, the greater the mass or the greater the velocity, there is a momentum. And you need momentum into a flywheel effect. So, and for people who understand the, the mechanisms of this, um, this is being used now in the business sector, the flywheel effect that you have. You're gaining enough momentum. You're gaining, you know, 
uh, small wins in your businesses that you eventually reach a breakthrough. In fact, Jim Collins wrote a book uh, based on this, uh, this principle uh, that you reach that certain point of breakthrough where you don't exert too much e effort anymore and things are happening and uh, things are moving forward easily. We love that. You know, if you have a business, you want to reach that flywheel effect that your, uh, your employees are just running like machines and very efficient. When you're at a church, you, know, you, can just, uh, you can just see things are really happening really well and people are responding to the gospel. We want that. And what is important in both concepts is the issue of movement. The issue of movement. And don't worry, I'm, going, I'm not going to uh, discuss this further. This is not a TED Talk. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to preach the gospel. And I'm mentioning this because when you look at our chapter, when you look at Acts chapter 8, you know, I see this as a turning point. This is a turning point where a small group of believers, small group of Christians, they are gaining momentum. This particular passage is a turning point where their movement is reaching a certain momentum and breakthrough that made them into an, an unstoppable force that we have right now. Like the gospel movement today is unstoppable and I... I totally believe that. So today, I want to encourage you with two words. Two words for the leaders of Breadcom Quezon City, its members. Two words for Breadcom Northeast. Uh, two words for our ministry partners in Campus Outreach and, and, and uh, other organizations. Keep moving. Keep moving. And this encourage, encouragement will revolve around three things. Encouragement to keep moving in challenges, mission, and power. Alright? Challenges, mission, and power. And my hope is that we as a, as a family of, uh, of believers will gain momentum so strong that it will turn into a flywheel effect where the next generation can build on. I'm excited to see the young children that we prayed for earlier, they will experience that breakthrough and flywheel effect because of the momentum that we started here. I want that to happen. So how do we keep moving in these three things, in challenges, mission, and power? Let's go to the first one. My, my first encouragement is to keep moving despite the challenges. Keep moving despite the challenges. Ano ba ang naranasan na challenges ng mga believers dun palang sa Acts chapter 8? Number one, they were persecuted. They were persecuted. The first verse of chapter 8 says, And Saul, who is Saul? Sino si Saul dito? Siya si Apostle Paul. Saul approved his execution. You know, when Apostle Paul, when we think about Apostle Paul, we think of a really amazing guy, really the hero of our faith. Someone who's, you know, a, a, a big guy in our Christian movement. But when Apostle Paul was introduced in the Bible, he was not the hero, he was the villain. He was the greatest villain of all. Ang description sa kanya, Saul approved his execution. Sino yung pinatay ba? If you look into the passage before, in the, the chapter before, there was a guy named Stephen that was stoned to death. That's the picture that you see. Saul was there. He saw someone being stoned to death. He saw someone and he approved the killing of Stephen. And he's not only doing that. In verse 3, it says, But Saul was, an indescription, Ravaging. Ano sa Tagalog yun? Ravaging. Hindi lang persecuted, hindi lang, hindi lang nagsispread ng fake news, 
he was ravaging the church. And this is what he's doing. He's entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So just imagine, you know, being scared for your life because a guy named Saul is going house to house searching uh, for people who are followers of Jesus because this Jesus seemingly died recently and was rumored to have been resurrected. And this was the kind of the persecution that the early Christians are experiencing. And this soul is right at the center of it. They were being persecuted. What else? They were not just being persecuted, they were also scattered. Continuing on, the, the verses, and they were all scattered throughout all regions of Judea and Samaria. Keep that in mind because that will uh, appear again later on in some of the passages I will mention. So they were scattered except the apostles. So they were forced to leave their homes. They were forced to leave their families. They were forced out of their nation, their comfort zone. They were forced to live among people of different culture different language you know what's that like just like our OFW just like our OFW they were being scattered hindi lang yun they were persecuted they were scattered but they were also grieving verse 2 says devout men buried Stephen and this guy supposedly was the their poster guy for, for the Christian faith and he died for them too soon. And, and, and they made a great lamentation over him. Talagang nag, nagluksa sila sa pagkamatay ni Stephen. Nagluksa sila. You know, these followers of Jesus, they experienced great persecution. They were being scattered from everywhere. They were grieving. You know, not, that's not exactly the ideal situation for a Christian group. To grow, right? That's not the ideal situation. How how can you expect? How can you expect that this group will gain momentum in such difficult condition? The the conditions are not ideal. You know, if you're going to to talk to people now, whether they're going to start an NGO, a business, a company, a church. You want to start your movement, your organization in really ideal setting, right? You want to start na lahat, everything is okay. You want the right ingredients. You would want your group to have the favor of the mayor, di ba? Gusto mo, kung magsastart ka ng church planting, kasama mo yung barangay, you have their favor, ayaw mo na, na sila pa yung tutulig sa sayo. You want the favor of the mayor, especially if you're in in Metro in Manila right now. Kung mayor mo si Isko, di ba? Matutuwa ka if you want if you have his favor. You want people, you want people in your in your group to have, you know, they don't have immediate plans to to go anywhere. You know, the first two years of uh, the church planting project in Heroes Church, I was part of that uh, endeavor. Uh, honestly, we had difficulty to start it because the, the group that we had, may, maybe two to three years, they are going to leave. They are going, to, they are going abroad uh, from Singapore, UK, US. So it's a, you know, it's a constant uh, flow of new people, old people leaving. So you want, if you want to start a group, you want to start a church, you want to guarantee that people will stay, Right? And you want a team that's emotionally healthy. You want a team that's stable in their, in their walk. But you know what? The early church had the opposite. The early church had the opposite. You know, if you look into the church history, the first 300, year, 300 years of church history, this is a time where the Christian movement did not have power, did not have money, they didn't have influence in society, they didn't have powerful people, 
they were being hunted down. They were considered troublemakers. And yet, if you look into the, the, the history, this is also the time where the church experienced exponential growth. Do you see that? At such a time where the church is experiencing tremendous challenges, is also the time where the church is experiencing exponential growth. They are experiencing thousands and thousands of people being converted to Christianity. You know, ang parallel nito sa Old Testament, and we've been sharing this from time to time, you know, the Israelites, when they were uh, slaves in Egypt, they were being persecuted, they were being forced to hard labor. Ang tingin ng Pharaoh, pahirapan natin sila kasi baka pag pinahirapan natin sila, baka hindi na sila dumami. Ang sinabi ng passage, as they were being, you know, as they were being persecuted, they grew, num- grew in number. They were, they were just, they were expanding. So the early church, these early believers, they did not have beautiful facilities like what we have now. They did not have attractive programs. And yet thousands are being converted into the Christian faith. And you know that these thousands of new believers, they are not just attendees. They are not just spectators. They, are, they were genuine converts because they were willing to put their lives at risk for what they believe. Because their hope was significantly greater than the challenges they were facing. And they kept moving. They kept moving. So friends, brothers and sisters, please do not think that your faith will only flourish when, where conditions are very ideal. Please do not think that you will only, only grow kapag ang situation sa buhay mo is perfect. Please do not say, no, if only my family is Christian, if only my office mates are Christian, maybe I will grow more as a Christian. If only I am in my element, if I am in my comfort zone, if I am, you know, if I am in a place where, you know, Conditions are ideal and I will not leave and I am not being forced to leave. I will bloom. If only I am emotionally healthy right now, I can be a better Christian. Brothers and sisters, God can make you bloom even if conditions are not ideal. Let's look at the bigger picture, what this looks like in a church. You know, I have, I have really personal friends uh, in, in big churches. Um, I have pastors who uh, are, are close friends, mentors uh, in, in Victory and CCF. And I'm thankful for what they're doing in, uh, in, you know, in our society in fact, I'm very thankful with Victory in, uh, in Bacoor because my brother and his family is now you know, connected and, and, and really involved in the Christian faith because of them. So I can say this uh, actually objectively. You know, we, we, see, we see Victory and CCF and other you know, bigger churches. And, and again, I, I, I respect them and I appreciate them for what they are doing. You know, because they are, you know, they are shining brightly in the spotlight these days, we tend to think that they are the standard by which all churches are to be measured. Again, don't get me wrong. I, I think we can learn a lot from what they are doing. We can really learn from, from what they experience in their, in their flywheel effect. But if we think that we can only be successful if we have the same parameters as these churches, we are heading towards failure. We are heading towards failure. 
I think instead of copying the form and the programs, you know, we, we take from, that, from their experience the principles. And let me suggest one principle. You know, um, many of you are business people, you know, you need to measure the, the KPI, right? The key performance indicators, success metrics, uh, growth factors, and things like that. Uh, let me just suggest one KPI for our church. One, one key performance indicator to see if we are blooming. Just one question. Are you growing more and more like Christ? Are you growing more and more like Christ? Are you growing more and more like Christ when you experience persecution of your faith? Are you growing more and more like Christ when you are forced in a situation you do not like? When you are forced to leave your place? When you are forced to be an OFW? Are you growing more and more like Christ? Are you growing more and more like Christ when you are grieving the loss of a loved one? When you are heartbroken for something that ha happened in your life recently, are you growing more and more like Christ? You know, despite these challenges that the early church experienced, the good news is that God turned things around. We said that they experienced persecution, scattering, dispersal, and mourning. You know how God turned these challenges uh, around? You know, God turned the greatest persecu persecutor into the greatest evangelist and missionary ever. How amazing is that? God turned the greatest persecutor into the greatest evangelist in Apostle Paul. God turned the dispersal. They said, oh no, we are being scattered. You know, God turned that, that uh, means of being scattered into an opportunity for them to spread the gospel. And God turned their, their mourning, their grieving, their lamentation into rejoicing by giving them a future hope and a spirit-filled joy which I will talk about later. You know, friends, what you consider as great challenges in your life right now can be the very means that God is using to fulfill the purposes, His purposes in your life. What you consider as challenges, what you see as great challenges, can be the very means for you to grow and flourish as a Christian. Like what Joseph said to his brothers when, you know, he was sold to slavery, he was accused wrongfully, he was jailed. Ang sabi niya towards the end of all those things, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Not just for me, but for our family to be saved. What you meant for evil, God meant it for good. So if you experience challenges, Today, you know, don't quit. Don't quit. Just keep moving. Keep moving despite these challenges. Pastor, does that mean, you know, I will just allow things to happen in my life and, you know, still expect God to make me grow? Obviously not. Because what you see in, in, in this story is that even though their environment was not ideal, they were excellent in one thing. Christians at that time were excellent in one thing. And that one thing is following through the mission. So keep moving according to the mission. Ano ba yung mission? What is the mission? The mission is Matthew 28, 18 to 20. How about, you know, we read this all together out loud. One, two, three. And Jesus... Amen. Thank you. 
Um, we talked about this maybe in uh, previous sermons, and, and some of you know this already. What is the command here? The command here, the imperative, is to make disciples. The focus here is to make disciples of what kind? Make disciples of what? All nations. Just let, let that sink in a little bit. Uh, let's put ourselves in, uh, in the place of those who have been hearing this the first time. You are, you are part of the disciples and you are a Jew. And you think that Jesus is the Savior of the Jews, the Savior of Israel. And your Jesus, your Lord, is saying make disciples of all nations. You might be thinking, Lord, is that correct? Teka lang, Lord, hindi ko kaya yan. Baka hanggang dito lang ako. You know, the first century believers actually did not call it Great Commission. This was not part of your Bible, your original Bible. Great Commission is a, is a term coined in the 18th century. It was not part of the Scripture. And they were not meeting together. Let's talk about the Great Commission, brothers and sisters. Let's have a conference about the Great Commission. They were not doing that. They were just fixed on fulfilling this mission. And how did they fulfill this mission? Paano, paano natin nakita yun sa Acts chapter 8? They were, they were making disciples. Again, the imperative here is to make disciples, and this is for every one of us who follow Jesus. The imperative, the command is to make disciples. How do you do that? By going, by baptizing, and by teaching them to obey what Jesus commanded them. So the command is make disciples. How you will do that is to go, to baptize, and to teach. How was that fulfilled in Acts chapter 8? And I'm going to use uh, you know, language that is uh, relevant to us. First, they made disciples by stepping out of their comfort zone. And this is what we can do as well. You see that in verse 4. They were scattered. When they were scattered, what they were doing? What were they doing? They were preaching the word. And specifically, this guy Philip went down to the city of, not the Jew city, city of Samaria. And what was he doing? He was proclaiming to them about the Christ. Verse 14. When the apostles at Jerusalem, heard about the Samaria, they, the Samarian people received the word of God. They sent to them Peter and John, who were also Jews. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, ito yung sabi sa kanya ng angel, Rise and go toward the south, uh, toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem, to Gaza, anong description? This is a desert place. Anong ginawa niya? He rose and went. Hindi desert place, ha? Hindi, sabi siguro ni Philip, wow, this is sweet. <laughs> he is going to a desert. These guys are stepping out of their comfort zone. You know, seven years ago, Breadcom Shaw took a step of faith and sent off families, uh, individuals who are living in and around Quezon City to start a new congregation here, in, initially in Dolce Latte. Seven years after, disciples have been baptized here in our church. Last year, in this very place, we sent off Breadcom Northeast. And one year later, there, there are new disciples of Christ in that congregation. 
who knows what God will do in your life and in our church when we step out of our comfort zone. So they made disciples by stepping out. They also made disciples by welcoming them into a family of faith. This is what baptism is. This is the essence of baptism. How was that fulfilled? Verse 9, there was a man named Simon. Okay, keep Remember this guy because he's very uh, critical yung kanyang character. Ano yung description sa kanya? Who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria. Verse 11, they paid attention to him because for a long time, he had amazed them with his magic. This guy is a celebrity. This guy is a celebrity. So in our context now, for millennials, this guy is a social media influencer. He knows all the tricks. And people are amazed. But, verse 12 says, when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Verse 36. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. This is Philip and the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. The eunuch said, siya pa nagsabi, meron tubig dito. Anong nagpipigil sa akin para mabautismohan? So sabi ni Philip, o sige, hinto tayo dito and I will baptize you. Why is baptism, why is welcoming people in the family of faith important in disciple making? You know, it's important because we are recognizing that this person, this new convert in Christ, has a new identity and is united in a family. First, in the family of the triune God, he is now connected with the Father, Son, and Spirit. Second, that this person is no longer by himself and he is connected with the people of God. This person is now connected with something that's bigger than himself. That he will no longer, he or she, will no longer live for himself alone. Hindi na lang siya mag-isa. He is connected to something bigger. And that's what it means to welcome people in the family of faith. And this is why baptism and church membership and being part of a small group is important in our church. So, they made disciples by stepping out of their comfort zone. They made disciples by welcoming them into the family of faith. Lastly, they made disciples by pointing them to Christ. And this is what essentially what they are teaching. Verse 25 says, Now, when they testified and spoke in the word of the, the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, and this is referring to uh, Peter and John. They were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Verse 34, The eunuch said to Philip, si yung eunuch pang nagsabi, and they were reading uh, Isaiah here, the book of Isaiah. Sino ang, sino ang sinasabi dito ng prophet? Is he referring to himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, verse 35, and beginning with this scripture in, uh, in Isaiah, Philip told the eunuch the good news about Jesus. You know, Christ-centered preaching is not an invention of the 20th century theologians. It has been alive. And you can see that in the scripture. Philip was preaching about Jesus using the book of Isaiah. When we teach people about the good news, when we teach people about the Christian faith, our, our point is always to point them to Christ. And pointing people to Christ sometimes will mean that you will call them out when their lives do not reflect Christ-likeness. 
How did that happen? Verse 18. Now Simon, when he saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, anong ginawa niya? Naglabas siya ng pera. Pards, pwede bang sama ako dyan? Mukhang masaya to, mukhang maganda to sa business ko when I do some magic. Anong sabi ni Peter? Verse 20. Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could acquire God's gift with money. Verse 21, You have no share or part in this matter because your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray that the Lord, pray to the Lord that He may perhaps forgive you for the intent of your heart. You know, this is an important habit that needs to happen in our church. We need this so that we will not cheapen grace. We need this so that people will not neglect what it means to be holy and sanctified in Christ. We need to encourage people to rest in the grace of the Lord, to affirm people when they obey the Lord, but also lovingly rebuke them when their life is drifting away. It's a loving thing, brothers and sisters, when someone rebukes you and tells you, brother, sister, your, your life is drifting away. You know, that means for me as a pastor, that means I will call out someone and say, in a loving way, brother, I think you need to hear the gospel again. But the goal is always to point people to Christ. Whether we affirm them, whether we encourage them, whether we rebuke them, the goal is always to point people to Christ. So again, the command of Jesus for His disciples is to make disciples. And that was being fulfilled early on in this, in this chapter in Acts 8. They were stepping out of their comfort zone, Philip and, and, and Peter and John. They were welcoming people in the family of faith in baptism. And they were teaching people about, you know, not about Jewish cultures, Jewish traditions. They were teaching them about Christ. You know, when we look at these things, stepping out of our comfort zone, welcoming people, teaching them about Christ... Each part of this, anyone in the church can do. Anyone of you and me, any one of us can do this. You don't have to be a full-time church worker, a seminary graduate, a pastor, an, uh, a minister for you to step out of your comfort zone. You don't have to be exceptionally skilled to welcome people in the faith. You don't have to be excellent in your life to point people to Christ. In fact, when your life is falling apart, you can tell everyone, you know, I need Christ as much as you do. You know, this gospel movement is unstoppable because the mission for them was very clear. There was no other mission. You know, um. I think a couple weeks ago, it was, a, I think a couple weeks ago, uh, Asian Theological Seminary just concluded a pastors and workers conference. And the theme for that conference was whole life discipleship. And I love it. I love it that the focus was that. And, and I saw many people there from different churches. And uh, I attended this uh, breakout uh, group, uh, uh, breakout session of another big church, they actually they actually uh, rebranded their church and part of their brand now says, Honor God, make disciples. Honor God, make disciples. And you see that also in other churches. And we might think, Pastor, we need to do something different. 
pastor, we need to brand our, our, our movement, our church into something that's unique na hindi naman nila kinakapture, na hindi naman nila ginagawa, yung hindi naman nila sinasabi. You know, we see this tagline from many churches because that's the mission. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I pray that we will be excellent in these areas. I pray that we will be excellent in stepping out of our comfort zone. I pray that we will be excellent in welcoming people in our church. I pray that we will be excellent in pointing people to Christ. And it's going to be a tough mission. This is a tough mission. So where do we get the power to sustain sustain us through this mission? And this is my last point. We keep moving in the power of the Spirit. We keep moving in the power of the Spirit. Acts 1.8 is a good uh, summary of this. And let's, let's read it again all together. One, two, three. But you will receive. This is a good summary of what happened in the book of Acts. And what are the evidences that, you know, in Acts chapter 8, they are moving in the power of the Spirit. Let me give three. Well, they were experiencing Spirit-empowered signs and wonders. Hala, si pastor naging Pentecostal na. Verse 6. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did, what was happening. Unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Verse 13, Even Simon, the magician was doing amazing things, himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, this guy, the magician, was amazed. You know, admittedly, as part of a Christian Reformed church, I think we need to grow in this area. to have a place for signs and wonders in our congregation. Ito na. <laughs> nag-iiba na nag- Parang mang nag-iiba na si Pastor Abit. <laughs> you know, personally, I would love to see it happen. I would love to see it happen. When, when I pray for someone and they get healed, I would love that. You know how many times I prayed for uh, people who are terminally sick? I would love them to just stand up right there. I would love it. You know, we cannot deny that signs and wonders are happening in the early church. By the way, you know, it's a misconception when, when people think, when people say to you, Oh, you're a part of a Reformed church. You don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. That is a misconception. Yeah, I've been preaching about the Holy Spirit, I think, every other Sunday. It's a misconception because, you know, John Calvin talks about the Holy Spirit a lot. So when someone tells you, Oh, you don't talk, you neglect the Holy Spirit, no? That is not true. You know, we cannot deny you know, signs and wonders are happening in, in the early church. And what is unhealthy, and this is where you know, we need to uh, be cautious, what is unhealthy is when we make it one of the main things in our life. Or when we make, it, when we make signs and wonders 
the only proof that the Holy Spirit is at work. Or maybe we just need to have a broader understanding of what constitutes a miracle. Maybe we just need to widen our scope to define what a miracle is. Because you know what? Honestly, a lot of people, just like Simon the Magician here, can manipulate signs and wonders. A lot of people can do something spectacular and you will be amazed. There can be signs and wonders, but they can be also not from the Lord. And I pray that we will, you know, we will see legitimate signs and wonders in our church. When you experience something like that, please talk about it. Please let us know so we can celebrate it. But I think as we broaden our scope to what signs and wonders is, I think there is no better miracle than a spiritually dead person to be alive in Christ. People can make things appear or disappear. People can make things move. People can see something on the wall or, or whatever. And that could be manipulated. But you know what? A changed life. From being spiritually dead to being alive in Christ, no one can manipulate that. No one can manipulate that. So they were experiencing signs and wonders. They also experienced joy. Spirit-empowered joy. Verse 8 says, There was much joy in that city. What city again? The city of Samaria. Verse 39. So the city was rejoicing. Not just because the, the sidewalk has been cleaned. <laughs> Not just because you know, the coding was lifted. They were rejoicing because they heard the gospel. Verse 39, When they came out of the water, so you, uh, Philip and Eunuch, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. I want to imagine what this looks like. The Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Please listen to this. This is very important. The city of Samaria and this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch, it's unnatural for them to have joy. From an earthly perspective, there is no practical benefit to be part of this Jesus movement. There is no practical benefit for them. People in Samaria did not get the favor of the officials just because they became Christians. The Ethiopian eunuch still cannot worship at the temple because he's a Gentile and he's a eunuch. He cannot still enter the temple to worship. There is no practical benefit for them to be Christians. In fact, what they receive is a target on their back. What they receive is persecution. And despite the lack of advantages, what they have is joy. That's unnatural. And because that is you know, not coming from, from them alone, that must come from the Holy Spirit. But what about those who were suffering talaga, Pastor? Did they experience joy as well? Just a look back, Acts chapter 5. Previous chapter, Acts 5, 40. And they, the Pharisees, summoned up the apostles and had them... Anong ginawa sa kanila? Binugbog. They were ordered not to speak about Jesus. They were released. So, they left the council. This is Peter and John. They left the council, What? Rejoicing. 
because they have been considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of his name. Masukista ba sila? You know, this is joy. This is not a joy in the absence of pain. This is joy in the midst of pain. Yung meron kang pasa dito, meron kang black eye, meron kang sugat sa tenga, pilay ka kasi binugbog ka, and yet you have joy? That's unheard of. That's crazy. That's spirit-empowered. Lastly, they, did, they experienced signs and wonders. They had joy. They also were motivated by the Spirit. Verse 29, The Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join the chariot. Sabayan mo yung chariot habang tumatakbo. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, so yung eunuch, and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And the eunuch said, How can I unless someone guides me? Providentially, Philip was there to preach him about Jesus. You know, it's unnatural for, for Americans in North America to travel thousands of miles here in the Philippines, experience hot weather, hot climate, flooding, and traffic to reach to the students in UP and Ateneo. That's unnatural. It's unnatural for, for a lady to to experience so much success in, in, in her ministry here in the Philippines to uproot her life and move to Paris, a, a post-Christian country, a post-Christian city, and struggle to preach the gospel to the people there. It's unnatural. It's unnatural for us to move out of our comfort zone, reach to our neighbors that we do not like because they need the gospel. That motivation is not coming from anything else but the Spirit. You know, this gospel movement that we're talking about is unstoppable because the power that is behind it is beyond human hands. We did not manipulate it. We did not create it. And I want to make this right by quoting exactly what uh, Robert Coleman said. So I'm, I'm quoting him exactly. I wanted to make sure I, I, I get this right. He said, by his, by his power... The disciples were promised the very ability to do the works of their, of their Lord. In this light, becoming witnesses was not interpreted as human undertaking, but as a divine project that had been going on from beginning and would continue until God's purpose was fulfilled. It was altogether the Spirit's work. All the disciples were asked to do was to let the Spirit have complete charge of their lives. Friends, brothers and sisters, are you letting the Holy Spirit have a complete charge for your life? So my encouragement is that we keep moving for the gospel. Let's keep moving for the gospel with the assurance that the Lord will sustain us through the challenges. Let's keep moving and stay true to our mission. This is our true north, nothing else, to make disciples. Let's keep moving, not motivated by human effort, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, today, 
the church will still experience you know dif difficult challenges the church today will be you know hit or miss with our mission uh, in many churches including us we neglect the power of the spirit to move us and in some cases we have placed the holy spirit in a box and you would think because of the what we have been experiencing the past few the past few months because of different movements uh, it's challenging for for this movement to grow or for this for this movement to to flourish when you have recently uh, a popular author a christian author and a pastor uh, recently announced that uh, he and his wife is, is separating and then a few days later that he said he's no longer a Christian. And you look at those news and say, what's going to happen with this Christian movement? What's going to happen with my faith when, when, when Christian leaders are falling left and right? When we have opposition from, from different movements saying that you know, Christians are very bigot. Now, I have an assurance that this movement can still flourish and be unstoppable. My assurance is that this movement, what we have, is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. It is not anchored on personalities, on great pastors. It's not anchored on great discipleship programs. It, it's not anchored... In what is happening in the society, it's anchored in the person, in the verifiable person, the resurrection, the death, and the life of Jesus Christ. And he himself said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Friends, is your life anchored on Jesus Christ? Let me end with this assurance as we keep moving for the gospel. Paul says in this church, I am certain, I am certain that God who began a good work in you will continue to move, will continue to work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you will stake your life on this movement. Because Jesus Christ staked his life for this. He moved from the garden to the cross, fulfilling the mission for you and me to pursue this mission. Brothers and sisters, keep moving. And as we end, I'd like to request the music team to come here again and that we'll just respond in a song uh, before I, I close in prayer. And I, and I prayed that as we sing this song, let us reflect who is the anchor of our soul. I'd like to invite everyone to stand as we respond in singing. Lord, we declare that you are the center of this church. Lord, this church is yours. And the gates of hell cannot prevail. Lord, thank you for the testimony, the story of the people in Acts chapter 8. That despite the challenges, they kept moving. Despite persecution, being scattered despite grieving Lord God they continued to pursue the mission that you have placed in their hearts thank you that we are not on our own that we can be fueled by the Holy Spirit Lord I pray for people here who are already discouraged in their Christian faith. 
I pray, Lord God, that when they are confused, when they are ready to give up because they have been experiencing tremendous challenges, I pray but by the power of the Spirit that you will encourage them to keep fighting, to keep moving. I pray, Lord, that you will grant this church, its leaders and its partners, Lord God, Spirit-empowered motivation to reach the people who need Christ. Lord, teach us not to be afraid. Because you are with us every step of the way. Lord, teach us to be more like you. And when times are tough, Lord God, assure us, just like what Apostle said, Apostle Paul said, that you have begun a good work in us and you will be faithful. You will be committed to us every single step of the way to finish what you have started. And as we cling to you, Lord God, we know that we have the power of the Spirit to grant us joy, to motivate us to move. And we hope, Lord God, that as we continue to move according to your mission, for our lives, we will, we will bring glory to you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a cap offering.